I used to dread seeing people from my past when I was like slimmer for a few months. I used to feel so embarrassed if I saw people who had who had known as when I was skinnier. I used to try and kind of avoid a lot of situations like that purely just for the embarrassment of thinking, oh God, I've put on so much weight since I last saw that person. And like I say, then you start thinking, have they noticed it? What are they thinking? So I would say just an overwhelming air of just uncomfortableness was my biggest my biggest issue I remember from being big. Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real-life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm Carl, your host as always, and we're in August now. Isn't that crazy how already we're in August, it's summertime, and before we know it, we'll be writing our Christmas lists. But until then, Today, I've got a fantastic guest for you from South Shields, which is, I think, just on the outskirts of Newcastle. At least, listening to his accent, I think you'll say he's, he's definitely a Geordie. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jake. How are you today? Really good, Carmen. Thank you very much for having us. And I know we've spoke a little bit before here, but I've already said I'm actually a fan of this and I've, I've loved this podcast all year. It's been a huge help for, for my journey. So it's uh, brilliant to finally speak to you. That's really, really appreciated. And just for a bit of backstory for everybody listening today, we first started speaking maybe January, beginning of the year. And you'd said, you know, you're on a journey, um, but you weren't quite there yet. And then mm. recently reached out to me again and said, hey, Carl, check this out. Look what I've done. And, <laughs> you know, you've lost over three stone. You've made some dramatic changes in your life, which I'm really looking forward to getting into on today's episode. And I would say that, you know, your your journey of progression and transformation, both physically and mentally, has been absolutely fantastic. So I'm over the moon to have you on the show today. Why don't you, Jake, tell us a little bit more about yourself, about your backstory? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 27 years old, um, originally from South Shields, just outside of, of Newcastle, hence here, the strong accent. I was right, see? Spot on, absolutely spot on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've had a pretty, um, be honest with you, quite uneventful and, and, and hopefully not too too boring of a, of a starting story. Um, grew up pretty normal childhood. My, my parents broke up when I was quite young, but even that was really, you know, very civil. There was no kind of deep, bad stories to tell from that or anything. Um, it just meant we got an extra Christmas, an extra birthday present at each house. So that was always a bit of a bonus. But I've got um, three siblings, a, a brother who I'm really close to and, and two sisters as well, and, and also two stepsisters. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty normal upbringing, to be honest with you. Um, nothing okay. too exciting back there. Fair enough. And in terms of your weight loss and, well, maybe mm-hmm. weight gain, is it mm-hmm. is it something you've struggled with a long time or was it more of a recent thing? Yeah, I think um, probably going through school, I was a pretty normal weight. Um, there's nothing, no issues kind of there. I always felt slightly, there was always a slight factor in my mind, but looking back, it was ridiculous because I was, you know, I was not overweight at all, just pretty normal. And then when I joined college at about 16, 17, 
if anything, I kind of went the opposite way and I, I discovered running and I, I got into quite good shape in college. It was only really when I turned 18, so most of my adult life, that I would say I've probably consistently been overweight. That's probably varied at times from, you know, just a little bit extra to, to significantly overweight. But I'd say for most of my adult life, um, apart from a few yo-yo diets here and there, I've probably been overweight or certainly not at a weight that I've been overly happy with if that makes sense yeah perfect sense and so i guess the first question would be is at 18 did you go to uni i didn't mate no um i went to college no no went to college and then uh, straight to work just because the reason i say that is because for a lot of people when they turn 18 and go to uni this is <laughs> the moment that weight gain happens yeah. and quite rapidly because from living at home having you know meals cooked for them a balanced yeah. diet balanced routine to just all of a sudden going out every night drinking and eating kebabs um, <laughs> and pot noodles exactly that but people kind of lose control and so that's why i was curious to know if that had coincided in your journey and you also mentioned as well that you know y- your weight has gone from just being a little bit overweight to, to being yeah. quite heavier what do you think the reason behind that was i think to be honest with you i think it was just kind of from similar to the uni type thing to be honest uh all of a sudden when I started working when I turned 18 all of a sudden just having money and and living at home with my parents still and all of a sudden having this money to spend every month and it wasn't great I was only working an apprenticeship but at the time you know I felt like I was absolutely loaded and all of a sudden that freedom you have that you know before you used to get a a takeaway on a Saturday maybe with your your parents would buy like a treat all of a sudden got access to money and I could you know I'd stop at the shop on the way to work and then if I got home late from work one day I'd pick up a takeaway on the way home and I think that's kind of where it started to to creep up ever so slightly yeah I I don't have like a huge sweet tooth I've never been too snacky but I've always loved the takeaway stuff so I think that's always been my bit of a guilty pleasure I think it was just that access to being able to afford something that before was just like a bit of a treat just kind of started doing it in, in excess really of course. And that's something quite easy to, to fall into as well. Like you said, with that freedom of, of having your own disposable income, having that freedom, perhaps if you were driving or at least not spending as much time at home because you were allowed to be out, you were allowed to stay out later, you know, you didn't have to be yeah. home for your tea and yeah, having exactly. those options available to you. And I mean, takeaways as well, the more we get used to eating them, <laughs> the more it becomes just like normal life. And, you know, the, yeah. the extra calories that you have, uh, the grease, the yeah. um, the artificial ingredients that unfortunately our bodies end up craving more and more Absolutely. is something that we kind of fall into this cycle of. So you say you're 27 now. So that's probably, you know, mm-hmm. nine or 10 years that you've um, you've been either a little yeah. bit overweight or, or maybe a bit more overweight than you wanted to. And you mentioned a couple yeah. of yo-yo diets. So tell me about those yo-yo diets. What did you do to try and lose weight in the past? Yeah, um, so uh, it's probably typically, like probably like a lot of people, probably everything at some point. I mean, you know, every type of fad diet you've Googled before, like low carbs or not really keto or anything like that, but every type of thing, generic thing you'd say of cutting out everything all at once and doing that for a few months and then until it becomes unsustainable, then you just end up putting it all, all back on. The big thing for me was I was quite good at cutting almost everything out and, and not really bothering with it for about two months or so, but then it's just natural your body starts craving things and you would all of a sudden you, you you start reintroducing things and thinking you're doing it slowly but before you know it you're back heavier than you you start and you're just feeling guilty for that really 
Um, of course. That's kind of been a bit of a, a pattern, I'd say, throughout my life. I would say I've probably ranged as an adult from my heaviest, I think, was about start of this year, which was, I'd say, just over 16 and a half stone. I didn't get like an exact weight at the start of the year, but I, I, when I weighed myself after a week and a bit of already died, and I was 16 stones three, so I would imagine I was probably a little bit over that um, when I started. All the way down to like a, a eleven stone or twelve stone at one point, which you know it's quite a big, big jump. But overall, I've always been around you know fifteen, sixteen stone upwards, and I'm only five seven uh, on a good day. I probably put five eight on a <laughs> online, I think, at some point, but uh, definitely only five seven at a push. So you know, I'm not very tall, so it's a, it was a lot of weight to be carrying. So, I mean, being like you say, fifteen, sixteen stone for the majority of your time, and um. Mm-hmm not being the tallest person mm-hmm. you probably noticed and felt that a lot more than somebody who like myself would maybe be like six foot yeah. or someone a bit taller and, and the differences so normally and from yeah. past guests and speaking to them they say that you know half a stone can be quite significant because mm-hmm. of that fact and, and you really notice those differences what were some of the downsides to being 16 stone plus i was always quite conscious of it i was never someone who was you know, I was never shocked when I like weighed myself at the start of the year and when I saw myself in pictures and things. For all, I was a bit like, oh, God, the, the size was there. You know, I was never in shock or denial that I'd put on weight. I knew it had, it was it happening. I just remember feeling uncomfortable all the time is the best way to put it. I mean, I used to love a night out and I remember sometimes before nights out, you know, I'd be trying clothes on for, for ages and, and just feeling, oh, God, I'm awful for buying clothes. I think probably because of the years of your your diet and I would hate to spend money on clothes because I think well in a few months I'll hopefully have lost weight I'll tell myself that so many times when my uh, my girlfriend would try to do us a favour and tell us to, to get a new wardrobe which was desperately needed um, and I would always think well I don't really want to buy anything because you know I'm hopefully going to lose a, lose a bit of weight soon um, so so many of my clothes used to be so kind of tight fitting on us and I would, I would see things and I'd think oh I look great and that and I'd put it on and think oh god I look <laughs> look awful and then in the end you just settle for a black t-shirt and uh, go with that That that's one of the biggest things that I remember really vividly was social events just feeling so uncomfortable and feeling really conscious um, around people who were a lot slimmer and I probably always hit it well I think anyone who's listening to this who, who knew us last year will probably find a bit of a surprise too because I've always been quite um, outgoing and a, a, a good laugh and things like that but you know inside it was quite a, a struggle before a night out or certainly any type of social event I used to dread seeing people from my past when I was like slimmer for a few months I used to feel so embarrassed if I saw people who had who had known us when I was skinnier I used to try and kind of avoid a lot of situations like that um, purely just for the embarrassment of thinking oh god I've put on so much weight since I last saw that person and like I say, then you start thinking, have they noticed this? What are they thinking? Um, so I would say just an overwhelming air of just uncomfortableness was my biggest um, my biggest issue, I remember, from being big. Okay. And this is something I can personally relate to very much. So even to the point of this year, and mm-hmm. in the end, I, I, I'll, I'll share the story because we had a good laugh about it. But <laughs> last year, I, I went through a process of losing quite a lot of weight. and. Yeah my goal was to lose the weight, slim down and then bulk up, gain some muscle yeah. in the gym. So my plan was obviously being in a calorie deficit 
and so I lost all the weight I wanted to and then mm -hmm. increasing my <clears throat> calories so that I would actually be gaining weight but doing it in a controlled way that I wasn't gaining too much fat but in theory gaining muscle now yeah. I've proved to myself now three times I'm absolutely awful at doing this and <laughs> as soon as I start increasing calories I kind of give myself a green light to make excuses for eating rubbish drinking yeah. more and just being like yeah well I'm bulking so obviously it's benefiting my body yeah. And as a result, I do gain weight, but very minimal muscle mass and yeah. majority fat. So I, I went for walking with a, a couple of mates to a mountain and I hadn't seen this one mate. We used to work together and see each other all the time, but now, you know, we can go three or four months. We don't see each other. And the last time we'd seen each other back in the September, we were both in pretty much the best shape we'd been in. Yeah. In, for me, probably my whole life and him definitely in a few years. So we were really proud and happy of that. And mm -hmm. then we saw each other six months later. He just looked at me with a smile and said, oh, you're bulking still. And I was like, yeah, same <laughs> as you, mate. And we both you know, admitted that we just we yeah. needed to go back on on a calorie deficit and, and yeah. try and find a different way to do it. And I, I think now paired with getting older, trying to get as much muscle as possible is not even on my radar it's it's just about sustainable yeah. health going back to what you were saying and, and what my original point was about being uncomfortable and seeing people you hadn't seen for quite a long time mm. jody who was a guest a couple of episodes ago she mm. said one of her biggest motivations for actually losing weight was when she went back into the office and somebody didn't actually recognize her for the weight that oh, she'd gained yes, I remember that episode. Yeah. And I think it's such a common thing that people hold this kind of worry and anxiety about how other people yeah. are going to view them or judge them or think about them. And a lot of the time it's probably not the case. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. I think sometimes, I mean, you know, we've all been guilty of it when you see someone who's maybe put a bit weight, you think of it, what, maybe two seconds or so, you think, oh, such and such, and then you just, you just move on. You go. But in your head, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. You, you know, I was constantly thinking, oh, what are they thinking about it? Have they think how much weight I've put on? But you're right, I think probably nine times out of ten, as most people, it doesn't bother them, you know. But it, to you, to us, when we when it's you in that situation, it, it feels like the worst thing in the world, doesn't it? Of course. And another part of it is, as well, that it's so socially acceptable and normal to congratulate people who have lost weight. And mm -hmm. not only that, if you've made an effort to lose some weight, you're proud of that you yeah all of a sudden you know you have more confidence in most cases you you start wearing different clothes and you want to celebrate the fact that you've reached lower weight now yeah. if you're someone who's yo-yo dieting the embarrassment i think can be worse because it might not be the first time that you've lost weight yeah. and then regained it so you go through that yeah. phase of celebrating and getting all the credit and everyone saying oh you know congratulations you look great and then you've gained weight again and yeah. you're like, oh, all those people, I've, you almost feel like you've let them down in some aspects. Oh, you've absolutely nailed it there, mate. Absolutely. Um, There's the, the perfect way to, to summarise. That's exactly how I thought. When I, I left a job um, a few years ago, and when I left that job, I was, you know, probably the slimmest I've been um, as an adult. Whether that was a healthy way or not, a, a different question. I was, it was, it was very slim and very in shape at the time. Um, and I used to dread thinking about bumping into some of the people who I used to work with on, let's say, a night out or something like that, and then seeing as how much weight I'd put back on. Because, like you say, being a yo-yo dieter, they'd seen the other side of it where I'd lost all that weight and everyone was so proud. And that feeling of going to have to see them and them be thinking, oh, well, that didn't last long. You know, that was that was awful. That was a really, a really um, anxiety-inducing feeling. So I think you've nailed it there, mate. Of course. And thank you. I think... 
it's just one of these situations where the people when people give you validation externally and almost their approval that you've mm-hmm. done something good it plays on our mind when we feel like you said that feeling of letting them down or letting yeah. ourselves down and yeah almost that in the same way they gave you validation and approval they'll give you that disapproval and take away that validation of you not yeah. being worthy because you've gained weight now I'm, I'm not talking about actual facts here and and what no, reality no, is but yeah the games our minds play on ourselves yeah and the way we think and blow things out of proportion and feel like this is a huge contributing factor about our mental health and, and the reasons why we struggle yeah, so much absolutely. not just physically but mentally as part of a weight loss journey or part of somebody whose whose weight fluctuates and and fluctuates absolutely. quite a lot throughout our life so i'd love to hear more jake about this year tell me yeah about what prompted you to yeah. make a, a change this year and how that's been for you and what you've done yeah um of course so like i say i was never kind of um you know it was never a shock to us last year or at the start of this year when i weighed myself and, and saw how heavy i was Um i think coming up to the back end last year i felt quite a bit i want to say depressed i think the best way to put it is, is a bit low mentally and i think that was because you know i was someone who used to be in quite good shape and i, I used to, i'm sure we'll touch on it soon on but i I love my running. Um, I used to love running. I used to always be someone who's like when I used to work place that asked us for tips on running, and you know, and I was also I was always known for. Um, and I did the Great North Run last year, which for those who don't know is kind of like a, a big charity run here, um, up in the north in the Newcastle. I think it's like the biggest. I want to say the biggest half marathon in the world, maybe. Um, certainly Europe, I think. Um, That's a big claim. That's a big claim there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. I, I know it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, <laughs> that's, uh, but no, I, I know it's a hugely popular run. Um, and you did that last year. I did it last year. And when I say did it, I mean, you know, I, I walked it, which was still, uh, I'm still really proud of myself, but it really shocked us when I looked back on the photos and I wasn't expecting to run it. I didn't, I, I signed up for it thinking, oh, I'm going to train for it and I'm going to shift all this weight and I'm going to fly through this and, I said I just didn't. I didn't do any real training for it. So I walked it last year, and it took us about three hours and, and forty minutes. And I was in a bad way after it. You know, I was my feet were hurting from my legs were killing me. I look back at the pictures from it, and I was so overweight, and the, the running stuff I was wearing was tight on us. Um, and it just didn't have that kind of proud feeling that I that I wanted from it. Um, and another part was I had a I went on holiday with my uh, family and my girlfriend last year. Um, to Florida, which was amazing, but the best holiday I've ever had, and I had such a good time. But I remember walking around in like you know the Florida heat, and, and once again, just not to ramble on about it, but being so uncomfortable then. So I think going into this year, I'd made a decision early on that I was gonna be a typical, you know, start January first or third, or whatever it is, went back to work, and and go for it then. Um, and like I said to you off off air uh, uh, before, I've always been quite good at sticking to eating to the same stuff um which is some might find a bit boring so i didn't sign up for any type of diet plan or any type of um like slimming world things or anything like that not that i would be against that but i just i, I used to use um like a, my fitness pal type app it's, it's called lose it i used to use that a few years ago and i thought you know what? i'm going to get back on that and and just go back to calorie counting and that's just something i kind of learned how to do this from youtube videos and and in the past doing it um 
and thankfully I've got my, my girlfriend she's so supportive of, of us in anything I, I try and do so you know <laughs> she didn't begrudge the fact that all of a sudden I was eating chicken and rice seven days a week and we could pack our meals out and things like that she was a, a, a huge support but that's where it kind of came from from the start of the year it was just calorie counting and not the at the year probably went at the start of the year probably went a bit too strict um probably too unsustainable at the start of the year it's been quite of a, a a roller coaster of the year finding a good balance um and just trying to get active again you know I, I couldn't really run at the start of the year too far i mean i think i set out for my first run i, I managed less than half a mile i think um i know i've, I've definitely managed less than half a mile actually um and just kind of getting involved in, in anything I could type of, if, you know, if we have the metro here in Newcastle, which is kind of just like a, a train, basically, I get home from work, I'd get off a stop sooner and then walk home from there, which might add on a mile to my walk home. Um, little things like that, and I went to the odd fitness class here and there, but overall it was it was a lot of calorie counting I'd done this year, um, certainly at the start of the year anyway, and then, like I say, just getting more active and and getting back into my fitness slowly but surely and hasn't it served you well it's amazing what you've done and (laughs) before we move on to to a bit more about the success and everything that's come with that i'd like to to go a bit deeper into the calorie counting side of things because for a lot of people who've never done calorie counting it can be quite off-putting intimidating complicated and or the other end of a scale is it can be boring because as you've just described, yeah. it's very easy to either cook one massive batch of food and then divide it up into equal portions. So, you know, you're having how much you're having, which is what I did in the beginning or yeah. just having the same thing. Cause you know how many calories in it are in it yeah. and it's easy to prepare and you can just do it again and again and again. And the thing is longer term, if you're somebody who needs variety, that's not sustainable. And yeah. To be completely truthful, it's one of the shortest routes to actually thinking, you know what, I'm just going to jack it in because this is boring. Yeah. How did you manage to keep at it? What was it for you, yeah. do you think, that, that made it possible? And I'm asking a bit of a loaded yeah. question because I've done the no, same no. thing and I'm just curious to know yeah. what for you made that easier to eat those same meals day in, day out. I think, I think it was um, two things, really. I think the main one for me personally, which might not suit everyone, was getting back active again. Like, see if I, you know, if I was trying, when I was building back up to get into my running, if I'd kind of went, say, oh, I don't really like using the word off track because I think now I've got a bit of a better understanding of, of, of calories and everything. But see if I got like a takeaway or something on the Saturday night, I was known how that would then make us feel um, for the Sunday. If I wanted to go for a run, I couldn't because I felt bloated and sick. And it worked the opposite way. You know, if I went for a run on the Saturday daytime, and I feel good, your endorphins are going, you're feeling good. It, it, it always, I found personally, it made it easier to stick to because I was being active and fit. And I think it kind of went hand in hand that if I did one thing, it would benefit the other. Now, if I skipped, say, the run or something, then there was times, of course, where you you think, oh, well, I'll just have this, that, that day. Um, of course, it's gonna, I, I don't want to use words slip-ups again, but back at the day after, I would, would say, you know, there will be, be slip-ups and things like that. Um, but I think another thing as well, if you're not someone who um, is wanting to be too get into your fitness and running, because not everyone can, I think having maybe a set few meals that you know roughly how many calories they are, what the macros are in them. So you, 
even though it's not full variation, it's it's something different. You know, you can maybe mix and match three or four meals. Because really, how many meals do we really have a variation, have a week anyway? Um, that's there would be my, my top two tips. But for me personally, it was always doing something fit and active, kind of, after I'd done that, kind of mitigated a lot, like kind of a lot of um, cravings. I, I kind of was able to, to reel it in and think, oh, you know what, I've done so well today. The last thing I want to do is then undo that. Because once you're, you know, on your 16 stone and you force yourself to do a mile run, the last thing you want is for that to be for nothing at the end of the, at the, end of the night. Got it. So for you, it was really a case of almost like creating this cycle of improvement and progress. Yeah. From yeah, doing yeah. things that served you and then those things that served you made you do things like being more active and running and make, that got easier. And the good thing about yeah. our cardio system is that it literally improves run after run and you can yeah. feel yourself getting fitter very quickly. Whereas from yeah. a physical aspect or weight loss aspect, it can take longer. So I guess for you as well, yeah. if you, you went for a run and it was difficult and the next run was a bit easier, you were probably seeing the the payoff much sooner than if you were just on a diet and not doing anything active as well. Yeah. And the reason I, I wanted to go into it a bit more was because we spoke about this before hitting record and I mm-hmm. was eating the same things day in, day out. But because of the fact I would chose to look at my body as being fueled by these things and yeah. I started to see the results, even if it was just like maybe half a pound in a week or a pound or two pounds in a week, yeah. it was still going in the right direction. And yeah. I found ways just to make it more simple. Like I started using those um, rice pots, like the, the pots of mm. rice that are pre-cooked. You yeah, just heat yeah. them up for a minute, one of those. And the good thing about when you're calorie counting is you know exactly how much you've got in each one. You can even scan the barcode and just add it. So it was exactly. simple. Maybe yeah. not the, the most cost-effective or sustainable way of doing it long-term, but for a lot of people who want to get into calorie counting, there are certainly ways to make it easier. So you were one of the new year, new me people. Yeah. And the same as I was a year ago. What other things did you do as part of your journey this year to try and improve your health? One of the biggest things that I, I did this year was I cut out alcohol and decided to to go sober completely. And that didn't come till about May time, to be honest with you. So I'm just coming up now to three months sober it will be so it always seems a bit of a strange thing to say sometimes still I think a lot of people who end up listening to this it might come as a bit of a shock to because it's not something I've been too open with yet really okay and can I ask why you decided to do that yeah of course so the main reason really is I'm being completely honest with myself was I wouldn't like to I'm still kind of trying to find the words to sometimes use to, to describe myself about alcohol I certainly wouldn't say alcoholic but I think that also has um, is a spectrum. You know, I don't think necessarily an alcoholic has to look like someone who's drinking every single day. But the best way I would put it for now, which I'm still trying to find the balance with, is I, I've realised I had quite a bad relationship with alcohol this year. Am I all right to go into a bit more detail on this uh, from the from the, the the start, if that's okay? Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love to hear more about this, Perfect. Jake. I think this is something that it sounds important for you first and foremost, and it's a big part of your journey, which is why I'd love to hear it. But I think also that people's relationship with alcohol is a very yeah. double-edged sword. And like you said, for a lot of people, many people would say, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic, but there is definitely something with alcohol in my life that is maybe teetering on the, the edge of being unhealthy or a dependency or a habit. And it sounds like that's that's where you were. So tell me about it. 
Thank you, mate. So I would say I, I didn't drink until I was 18, which I know sounds like an obvious thing to say, but, you know, I didn't really get involved in like drinking at parks or anything like that before I was uh, before I was 18 in England, which was a bit of a bit of a culture at the time. Um, and I certainly didn't have any nights out until I was 18. When we're talking earlier about, you know, being overweight, probably most of my adult life, I think it probably pretty perfectly correlates with to when I started having nights out and, and alcohol. Now, I think sometimes people with, say, I don't know, a gambling addiction say that like, their first time they had a bet, maybe one big and it went, that's what kind of lured them in. I was the exact same with nights out and drinking. My first few times I went on a night out, which was the first time I was so drunk, I just loved it from the off. You know, I didn't have any bad experiences. I've, I've never really been a bad drunk or anything like that. I've always just been kind of everyone's best mate. Um, and then... Throughout the years, you know, I said earlier about yo-yo dieting where I'd cut everything out for a few months and then all of a sudden it would start piling the weight back on when I would start incorporating things into it. I can see this with hindsight now that I never noticed at the time, but it perfectly correlated to when I decided to add alcohol back in because I would usually cut it out for, I don't know, say two months at a time. No, never any more than two months. You know, I would go from January to March and then I would start to say, right, well, I've lost a bit of weight. I've lost a stone, two stone, whatever. Um, I'm going to start having nights out again now and then very quickly it would just go out the window and by summertime I was back to a bigger weight that was kind of the norm for a few years and then what what I found is probably in the last two years I don't know when it kind of I noticed a, a big official difference but I found that I was going out and when I was going for a drink it wasn't like a, um, it wasn't like a thing of oh you know let's have a few pints in the pub as soon as I sat down and had a pint it was right when's the next ones can we get the shots in now how quick can we get as drunk as possible um, and at the times I'd be in the pub and you know my friends have had one pint and I've had two two or three by the time I've left the first pub and that was like straight away from the off where I was you know that was my mindset any I was any night out was was going that way really it started to become a, a, a thing probably more so last year as well where I'd started kind of looking for excuses to go on a, a night out on the um weekend. I would never drink in the house. I would I would never be someone who would who would drink in the house or anything like that. But I would try and kind of make excuses at anything I could to get the night out sorted. Whether it was with people I was close to or with people I hadn't spoke to in years, you know, if I got back in touch with someone to cut for a catch up, it was always me really thinking, how can we get a few drinks together really? So that cycle continued for a while. And I think I was probably starting to notice at the back end of last year that that's what was happening. You know, I was every time I was going out, it wasn't... I, I can't remember, I remember a specific example. I went out with a few friends one time. Um, friends I weren't, wasn't that close to us were quite new to the group. And we were only going out. I can't remember what the exact situation was, but we were only able to go out for um, six or so hours or something, which is still a good time to have a good catch-up together. But... You know, we were meeting at two and then maybe getting back for about nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And rather than like looking forward to catching up with people and having a good laugh, I remember the anxiety of thinking, well, that's only six six hours drinking time. I thought I need to cram in as much as I can in that time. Because I don't, I'm not, not only drinks in the house, so I need to fit it in. I need to get as drunk as I can in them six hours. And I absolutely did. You know, I, I remember getting home that day and I was just absolutely... That was my mindset on it, you know. I was going out and thinking, right, well, how 
rather than just having a few quick touch-up points, how quick can we get party? Um, really? Wow. So, so interesting. I'm going to stop there just because a couple of things I want yeah, to unpack course. if I can, Jake, because it's, it's so interesting you. Thank you. Explaining that. And, and thank you for the, the honesty and the courage as well to, to share that because oh, that's quite a, a difficult thing to admit that yeah. you find yourself having that bad relationship. And I'm sitting there just thinking like, wow, I, I, I remember being like that. And yeah. I, I don't know for me, I've, I've kind of grown out of it a little bit. And yeah. But I, things like looking for excuses. And the problem for me living in Spain, when I first moved there, I was living with a, a Glaswegian guy and a, an Irish yeah. guy. And we wouldn't drink Monday to, it sounds terrible when I say this now, we wouldn't drink Monday to <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. So it's only three days a week. But Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, we would. And yeah, that would yeah. usually be beers after work, going out, having a good time. Saturday and Sunday, I mean, Friday night, Saturday, it'd just be like all rolled into <laughs> one weekend. And Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, feel horrible and then get back on it Thursday. How have you managed that in terms yeah. of your social circles and being in social situations where you now choose not to drink? It's a really good question, actually. Um, I've done a lot since I've stopped drinking, like still socialising and, and, and still enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, there has been friends who I kind of haven't really spoke to since um, I stopped drinking. Not there's any not any fallout or anything like that, just haven't had any type of social situation with them. Thankfully, which maybe it's a bad six rivers, but when I've told a lot of people, everyone's kind of understood. So maybe I was maybe I was worse than I thought I was. But everyone's been really supportive and understanding. Um, that was a huge worry for me, though, giving it up. Um, I don't know how that was a main, to be honest with you, the main reason why I kind of put it off a little bit because it's always been something that I've thought about um, was the social side of things. But I think at the before you do it, it seems a huge, huge thing. But once you've actually told people and you're honest with people and you can not to necessarily tell me a full life story, but if you can get across that why and why you want to do it, nine times out of ten people have been nothing but supportive and we've been able to do things that haven't necessarily involved drink. But at the same time, we've still done the odd pub crawl that I've came along on and just had the soft drinks and waters and touch wood, I've, I've, I've found it okay. But I think that probably comes back to kind of what I said earlier is, you know, how is that going to affect my next day when I've, you know, want to do something fit and active? How am I going to feel? And the biggest point of why I think I've managed to stick to it is I really want to, you know, it, it was a big thing for us to kind of admit to myself that maybe I don't have a good relationship with it. And I think once you've told enough people, I think then you start giving yourself accountability. But overall, it's because I, I want to and I've, I've been able to type of to, to stick to it so far purely for that and the need to really if that makes sense fair play and, and congratulations and definitely like well done Thank you, again for, for that, that courage of saying i want to do it for me and not Thank you, obviously but, but I, I get that it's still a factor what people say how social events can be different yeah but having that bravery to say you know what this is why and it's going to serve me and this is yeah. this is what I'm going to do, and, and executing on that, and doing it, and it's it's really good because you said something there about you know getting up the next day or or doing yeah. it because you want to. I have I most years do dry January. Um, last year I did yeah. three months of not drinking, but I think but whenever you do one of these dry months or you stop drinking for a, a set period of time, all you're doing is counting down till you can go out and have another drink. Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly and, what I was before. 
and so it's almost like you're puni- you, you it's a punishment because you've got no intention and this is for me what a fad diet is you are literally yeah. putting yeah. yourself through a punishment until you decide to stop and that is what a diet is a diet for me is a temporary yeah. measure to get a result until you stop Spot doing on. it and so for drinking for this me personally i'm not at a stage where i'm willing to say i'm going to completely stop drinking because i definitely think my relationship with alcohol has improved heavily um to the point where i can now go without a full weekend without drinking and be quite happy with that i don't feel like i'm missing out in the same way i would have and maybe it's just because i'm getting older as well that you know Mm -hmm. i can't handle the two-day hangovers but not only that i love waking up fresh I love yeah, waking up yeah. and, it, but, and most, most social events I go to, I'm talking about myself a lot today, aren't I, Jake? But, um, sorry, no, no, take yeah, a minute. <laughs> but one of the things I've realized is that the anxiety or that feeling of, oh, everyone else is going to be drinking today. Will I yeah. enjoy myself as much? Probably not. Halfway through each of these events, I kind of do a check-in with myself and go, do you know what, Cole? Yeah. You're actually having a great time. Oh yeah, there are yeah. people having a drink. There are actually people not drinking as well that you probably pay less attention to because yeah. of the fact you think that, oh, you're going to be the only one who's not drinking. And then it gets almost to the end of the event and I'm like, I'm really glad that I didn't bother drinking because you know what? Yeah. I know tomorrow I'm going to feel absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Neil on the head so, Amazing. So Jake, as I said, as part you know, congratulations on that. It's, I, I think it's a really important part of your journey i'd love to maybe even take more time just to focus on that in in more depth because i think for so many people it's such a an important part of their journey and and something we don't talk about as much on the podcast because obviously weight weight loss is the the main theme but i think we could this will probably resonate with a lot of people and if you are listening to this and this resonates with you ping me a message get in touch with jake or myself because i'd love to hear your opinions and your thoughts on that i think it'd be really really good to see what other people experience with alcohol so jake we're running out of time i'd love to ask you though Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for anybody who's listening today and maybe wants to improve themselves well obviously just start listening to weight loss warriors podcast on your walk that's something that's what i did (laughs) appreciate that thank you very much (laughs) i think um the, the best advice i can give for for when you're going to be starting and, and, and just in general for improving and something I wish I was a lot nicer on myself to start the year is I know it's cliche to say it is progress and, and not perfection so many yo-yo diets I've done in the past have, have stopped and ended and then I've put weight back on because I've maybe you know I don't know got a takeaway or, or had a big chocolate bar and then all your, your mind just straight away goes oh well you know I may as well just give up completely you didn't so I would just say progress instead of perfection was the biggest thing that i've found this year that has has helped me lose the weight consistently and and be able to so far touch wood keep it off don't be too hard on yourself if there's going to be days where you're going to struggle and you're going to weigh yourself the day after a big binge or something the scales are going to look up and but it's never a true perfection and overall just steady progress is the the key but i know it's a bit cliche to see (laughs) No, but I think it's cliche for a reason because it yeah. is effective and it's true. And I think the progress and not perfection is such an important part. And the sooner that we hold ourselves a little less accountable to perfection and more to progress, we ease a lot of pressure on ourselves because 
perfection is very black and white. It's binary. You either hit perfection or you don't. So it's either yeah. success or failure. Whereas progress can come in different shapes and sizes. You can have big steps forward or you could have small steps forward. Or some days you might stand still or even go backwards a little bit. But long term, yeah. that progress does add up until you find your place in much, much further forward than you, when you started. So that's absolutely amazing. And Jake, I know you've actually created a, a specific account for your journey. So if anybody who's listened today would like to come and follow you, how can they find you on Instagram? Yeah. Um, it's called, um, Jake underscore F underscore S underscore L I think. Um, that stands for Jake, um, fitness and sobriety lifestyle. Sure, I've got that the right way around. Um, you know, we are hopefully you'll link it at some point in here. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to find us on Instagram. And, and like you said earlier, I know if this is anything for the um, people who can resonate with the alcohol side of things, by all means, drop us a message and I'm happy to discuss and, and take any more questions on or offer any advice that I can. Amazing. Just before we say goodbye, I just want to say congratulations mm-hmm. on something else that I saw on your feed and I know you've done very <laughs> recently. And that was the Tough Mother. <laughs> how yeah, was that it was absolutely fantastic i really really enjoyed it it was um i kind of i went naively into it thinking i was just gonna absolutely smash it because i was you know i do my running and things and then oh well how hard can it be if you have such stuff it was the the clue was in the name but it was the toughest thing i think i've ever ever done but i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it um even if i was covered head to toe in mud by the end of it Brilliant. And so for anyone who, who's listening and wonders what on earth a Tough Mudder is, um, <laughs> basically it's a, the course you did, I think, was 15K. Yeah. But it's basically a, a huge obstacle course, isn't it? And yeah. it's not just running. So you're climbing, you're crawling yeah. through things, you're getting muddy, <laughs> you're going through puddles, you're doing everything. So it's, I imagine it's a lot of fun. And I imagine yeah. there are also moments where it's absolutely not a lot of fun because it <laughs> yeah. must be difficult. And a very big challenge both mentally and physically so congratulations on doing that and i imagine this is something that perhaps is a is a celebration of your progress being able to do these things now absolutely i certainly would not have been able to do anything like that at the start of the year um but no absolutely if you'd asked us if you'd asked us at mile eight if i enjoyed i would have given you a lot different answer but now it's all well and now it's over i uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it so thank you very much mate good man jake I've absolutely enjoyed speaking to you today. It's been fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show and thank you for being our latest weight loss warrior. Thank you very much, mate. It's been a pleasure. Take care of yourself and we'll speak soon. You too, mate. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.